This is John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Wanted to say just a quick word to thank everyone who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. And remind you, you can get a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com, a digital subscription where you get all of our sports coverage. That's Kentucky basketball with Jerry Tipton, Kentucky football with Josh Moore. You get our my columns, Mark Story's columns. You get Kentucky recruiting, basketball recruiting with Ben Roberts. You get all of our high school coverage with Jared Peck. $30 for the first year for a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com. Please check that out. Go to Kentucky.com, hit the subscribe button, check out all of our offers. And once again, we thank everyone who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Alabama football game, which is Saturday in Tuscaloosa. It's a four o'clock start on the SEC Network. Alabama, of course, is the number one ranked team in the nation. And my guest will be Michael Casagrande of the of AL.com, who'll give us a scouting report on the Crimson Tide. And Josh Moore, my regular UK football preview guest who covers UK football for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. So without further ado, let's get right to it with Michael Casagrande of AL.com, followed by Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Michael Casagrande of AL.com, who covers Alabama. Michael is a Kentucky native. He's from Louisville. Uh, a Western Kentucky grad. I have to mention that he's a WKU <laughs> grad. But uh, how are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day down here in uh, sunny Alabama. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I'll tell a quick story here. My uh, my youngest son lived in uh, Bowling Green for a couple of years, working a job there. And when he was moving into um, uh, his apartment down there, well, it was part of a duplex, The uh, his landlord – uh, I was talking to his landlord, and his landlord, who is actually on the WKU board, um, said uh, t- to me, so where did you go to school? So I went to UK. So he goes, did you study journalism? I said, yes. He said, you know, we have a great journalism department. We went all- He was gone on for five minutes about how great. I said, I know, I know. I work with a lot of Western <laughs> grads. I hear about it all the time. You don't have to tell me. But anyway, no, very proud tradition of Western Kentucky uh, journalism grads. Uh, Michael, how long have you been with AL.com now? Oh, uh, seven years now. Seven years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You don't, you're not that old. You it's not, can't be possible. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. I said, we just, they just did a bio for me for a speaking engagement. I said, I've been covering Alabama for parts of three decades, heading wow. back to my previous job. And that scared, that scared me. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's a good place to start. How does this <laughs> Alabama team compare to other Alabama teams yeah. you've covered in parts of three decades? Yeah, it's it's a good question. It's it's interesting because the offense is um is right up there. I think the loss of Jalen Waddle um is is significant. It changes a lot of how they're able to operate what the, the coverages are gonna see in secondaries, but um it's very you know, it's it's among the better offenses, uh defenses. It's got some room to grow. Uh, it's definitely not one of those um mid twenty fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, uh national championship uh all 11 guys are nfl talents but um you know it's, it's an improvement from where they were last year and they've they've improved since the uh 
kind of disastrous performance they had against Ole Miss uh, a month ago. But, um, you know, it's it's a good team. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best team we've covered, but it's 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 in that, uh, definitely in the upper half. Okay, well, let's start with the offense, and let's start with the quarterback, Mac Jones, who former Kentucky commit early in the process. Alabama came in, flipped him to Alabama. Uh, he took over last year when Tua got hurt, but uh, – and then held on to the job this year, and is, I mean, just played, just having a spectacular season. Did did people see this coming? Did they see that Mac Jones would be this type of quarterback? Yeah, it's a good question because I, I you know, I don't think many did. Um, he was uh, wrapping up a, a bigger story about him and kind of his journey to this point, including his Kentucky commitment. Um, he was, you know, he was he was the the sec the afterthought of that recruiting class. He came in the same class as as to a. Uh, not many people talked about him. He was kind of the afterthought. I think he was, in a sense, almost fine with that because he knew he had to develop. He was skinny. He was 180 pounds, rail thin, um, had the, the frame and the genetics in a sense. His father was tall, is tall, um, athletic family, but just wasn't there yet physically. And uh, over the years, he's you know went from being 180 about the time he signed to 13 now, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, um, kind of a prototypical uh, build, maybe a little, still not as maybe uh, heavy as some of the, the taller quarterbacks, but he's just been incredibly accurate this year. Uh, been throwing the intermediate deep ball kind of the 30, 30 yards downfield with very uh, good accuracy. Uh, I can't remember the percentage on some of those throws, but he's been hitting – a lot of the deep balls, um, Jalen Waddle, of course, was a big part of that. But John Mechie is a receiver who kind of came out of nowhere, uh, was kind of overlooked when they had the NFL talents like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs around. So uh, he's kind of had a big breakout season. Uh, but Mac has been, you know, he's not the, the mobile threat that the two and Jalen Hurts were. Uh, he's more of a traditional back drop back passer, but uh, they don't really need him to run. They've got... Najee Harris in the backfield. He was having, you know, another big season. He could have gone pro after last year, but decided to come back for a senior season and you know, really running running the ball well at uh, at running back. So yeah, there's a lot of compliments. They've got they've got, you know, five star talent across the board on on that offense. So it's you know, uh, it's well schemed by an offensive coordinator like Steve Sarkeesian, who's who's been around the block. Yeah, Mark Stoops earlier uh, he called the Alabama offense a monster, and that was before that was when they were just watching tape leading up to the Georgia game. He was talking about the Alabama offense and about having to face that down the road. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Sarkeesian. Uh, I mean Devontae Smith. I mean if he's not the best receiver in the country, he certainly ranks way up there. And it, I mean it is amazing. Jones is at a great, is having a great year, but boy, he's got a lot of weapons to work with. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing is like that. People, you know, wonder how would he, how would he fare without all American receivers, and that's a fair question. But um, he's doing, you know, you can, you can only do what you can do with who you have, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's throwing them open. He's not, um, it's not solely just, you know, there are throws he's making that um, aren't just the receivers finding themselves wide open because they're. So it's got it's a complimentary thing, uh, goes both ways, but. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, even during the season, even exiting last season more so with five star Bryce Young, the number one or two overall prospect in the country coming in, 
uh, there were, you know, shades of Tua. Everyone was saying that he's kind of the, the heir to that throne and Mac was going to get you know, bumped back again. That's kind of that underdog, the former three-star guy. Um, you're kind of looking at two different uh, recruiting right. lineages with him and, and Bryce Young, but he, he beat him out. It, it helped having not having a spring where Bryce didn't have that time to to develop in the spring. But, uh, you know, Mac really kind of really separated himself um, throughout the offseason. Okay, what about – okay, you you mentioned about the defenses may not be a vintage Nick Saban defense, and obviously they had a rough go of it against uh, Ole Miss, but a lot, a lot of people, are, including Kentucky, have had a rough go against Ole Miss. What, what about the defense? And, and who are some guys to keep an eye on on the Alabama defense? Yeah, I mean, you always – it starts, I'd probably say, with, with uh, Dylan Moses, a middle linebacker. He was an All-American type uh, who had a very bad knee injury before – last season and didn't play uh, and it kind of took him a few games to get the sea legs back underneath him. Um, and he's, he's starting to round into form. Christian Harris is next to him. Uh, another solid middle linebacker. Um, it kind of, it's always kind of run through there in Alabama defenses from Rolanda McLean and Dante Hightower, Ruben Foster, all these guys, they've really developed middle linebackers pretty well. And they're kind of the next in that line. Uh, the line's, pretty good it's not as you know devastating as they had in the past dj dale up front lebron ray is a guy who's been hurt a lot of the season uh defensive end uh he may be coming back for this game I'm not sure but uh the, the the real inexperience has kind of been in the in the secondary outside of patrick certain uh likely first round corner next year if he were to come out uh did had to replace both safeties, uh, star position, the nickel backer um, with a true freshman. So um, Malachi Moore, he's he's been probably one of the more bright spots as a true freshman stepping into that third or that fifth DB position. Um, it's good. It's not the best. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams would would like to have the talent they have. Um, it's just about developing it, and it's not you know in relative terms been up to the same standard as some of the other defenses around here. Okay, what about special teams? What about kickers? I know Alabama's had some problems in the past in the kicker, but it seems like it's an improved kicking game. Yeah, no, Alabama fans aren't really sure how to handle it, how to deal with it. <laughs> a kicker who's uh, Will Reichert, I believe, without looking at the numbers, 8-for-8 eight eight this season, mm-hmm. uh, made a 51-yarder, I think, in the final seconds of the first half against Georgia. Um, yeah, it's kind of a you know, if there's anything that this program has nightmares about from my time here, it's the, the kicking game, fighting them in the worst moments in rivalry games. And they really haven't had a consistent kicker that you could really bet on uh, before the season. So um, it's interesting to see how uh, Riker is doing as a sophomore uh, out of Hoover High down the road. Um, other than that, uh, punter is kind of – they're okay. Uh, Charlie Scott is now doing that. He's uh, the younger brother of J.K. Scott, former Alabama punter, now with the the Packers. Okay. He's a grand transfer. Um, but they've been okay. Kickoff's not been that great. They haven't been getting the, the depth on kickoff. Um, they've got some returners who can who are quick and speedy, but they haven't had that many opportunities. So, you know, not a whole lot of plus or minus either way. 
What about I mean, this is kind of an odd situation for Alabama. I mean, they were they they had the bye week, and then they were supposed to play LSU last week. That mm-hmm. game was postponed, so they've had two straight Saturdays where they haven't played. Uh, what kind of effect do you think that's going to have them on them for Saturday? Yeah, it's interesting because it's something that uh you know we had to look back. It's been 1978 was the last time they had two consecutive middle really? games, and uh, I wasn't born for that, so none of these players definitely <laughs> were either. So. Uh, I don't think we can read too much into what happened that time, but yeah, um, you know, they try to keep as normal. It sounds like they even continued to prepare for LSU because the game was called on Tuesday and they still had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practices. And they try to prepare as if they were still playing LSU to keep a normal rhythm to the week. Cause Saban's very regimented in how he wants a week to go and he didn't want to over-prepare for a next team. If they're still, um, more time in that week. So they, I think they kind of treated it as if they were still playing LSU all last week, just in case that game were to be rescheduled. Still not sure how that's going to work itself out, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's a good question. I think we'll find out Saturday, but I think they're, they seem pretty eager. They seem pretty fired up, but they weren't, you know, they weren't decimated by the, their roster wasn't hurt by the um, testing. So, you know, we'll see. What you you bring up Nick Saban? I, I have to ask. What's what's it been like to cover Nick? What's it like to cover Nick Saban on a day on a daily basis? It's a little different this year. Um, kind of welcoming welcoming him into the kitchen table, and uh, yeah, I think he's the it's, we've talked about. It, it's kind of interesting. He hasn't really popped off and done one of his true rants. I, I wonder if it's <laughs> the dynamic is a little. It's different yelling at a video board <laughs> they put in front of his podium as opposed to seeing our faces in right. person. I, it's kind of a psychological um, experiment, I'm sure, somewhere. But, uh, you know, it's <laughs> fine. You get what you get. You know, it's, you have to usually get to word your questions pretty scientifically to not allow him to find the flaw in it and to expose it. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just yeah. – that's just a job. Right. Uh, normally on these podcasts, we ask, uh, what are the keys for them to win? <laughs> but Alabama's <laughs> obviously a healthy favorite in this game. I'm sure their keys just to come out and play like uh, play like Alabama. But as somebody who, who covers them week to week, and obviously they got you know bigger and better things ahead. Uh, they want to you know keep on winning, clinch the division, championship game, national championship. What, what are you going to be looking for on Saturday? What what, what are are there different areas at Alabama that you're looking for to see? You know, if they need improvement in this area, or how are they doing in that area? What what are you going to be keeping your eye on? I guess some of the passing game. They were a little bit off um, at times. Mac Jones said he maybe didn't have his best game against Mississippi State in the last last time out. See if some of that. Accuracy. I know some of the receivers were a little banged up. They weren't 100%. So I guess curious to see how healthy this team was after playing six weeks uh, straight of SEC play uh, and then getting two weeks off. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of defensively, it's hard to, hard to use this game as much of a bellwether since Kentucky is so different from the teams they have faced and will face. So it's kind of how they adjust to a different kind of a scheme. Um, they haven't really faced that real running run 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 uh attack where the some of the passing games but what's got them in trouble at times so um i'll be curious to see that 
Yeah. Well, it's a, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting matchup. I mean, anytime uh, you play the number one ranked team in the country, and like I say, with Alabama being off for two weeks and so much uncertainty ahead about what's going to happen, I mean, uh, from your understanding, I mean, what would happen if you get down? What say Alabama does lose a game, but they end up playing, uh, but they've uh, beaten Texas A and M, but they play one less game than Texas A and M. What's going to happen then? Yeah, actually, we we actually asked the SEC about that, and uh, they sent over a a tiebreaker situation and it's it's complex it takes almost a law degree to read it but after uh mining through it a little bit uh, bottom line it comes down to if they play one fewer game had the same number of losses the head-to-head will be the the tiebreaker primary thing yeah yeah well i think that's the way it should be uh because it wouldn't be you know it's not alabama's fault if they end up playing one less game so yeah and that's factored into it too is if it was in some sense, it's if it was the other team's fault, like you're not going to yeah. be penalized for that game. Right, right. Well, it should be an interesting matchup. Uh, Michael, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Tell the listeners how they can follow you leading up to the game and after the game uh, and read all your coverage. Yeah, sure. That's definitely – it's always on AL.com. Easy easy website, sometimes confused with AOL, um, AL.com, and always on Twitter – B Y Casagrande, C A S A G R A N D E. Um, yeah, we talk about all kinds of things on there. We talk about some, we even like to talk about regional foods that are more regional to Kentucky. It's uh, well known for our Skyline Chili Praise. <laughs> that's that's what you're known for, is that right? That's that's one of my that's, that's one, one of my well known bits okay. on Twitter. Yeah, I, I'm jealous of all you guys up there who can have access to Skyline so at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, it's location, location, location. I guess is what it, what it matters about. Uh, also, I can't let Michael go without uh, Michael and Ashir. We are both big Springsteen fans. We were talking about the Springsteen album before uh, Michael came on. You gave it a, you give it a th- overall. You give it a thumbs up, right? It was, it was a the return. It kind of sounded like the old Bruce yes. of uh, you know, seventies, eighties. Uh, had a, a big band sound. Um, definitely give it a, a big recommendation yeah definitely for the sound it definitely sounds like an east street band record and that was good to hear very good to hear what do you think he's going to be able to go back out on the road Oof. i don't know but once once we get once we get that all clear I, i'll be i'll be the first one in line <laughs> i'll be right behind you i'll be right behind you well thanks michael i really appreciate you being on the podcast uh take care and uh everybody be sure and check out his coverage at al.com my guest now on the podcast is my fellow Herald Leader colleague, UK football beat writer Josh Moore. How's it going, Josh? I'm well, John. We're, uh, you know, it's, it's we're recording on Wednesday. It's a it's it's a rare NBA draft. Uh, oh, you're that's uh, you're consumed with the NBA draft, <laughs> Mister NBA. Is that tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, night? it's not, yeah, it's it's. it's I, I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm helping. I'm supposed to help with it tonight. I'm pretty sure it's tonight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I've got it written down that it's tonight, but I wasn't for sure because they they moved it around a couple times. But uh, yeah. Okay. Moved it around. Um, and and it's just one of those things that I mean, it's just kind of a you know, it kind of screws with your brain. It's like it snuck up on me. I mean, I'm I'm you know, I'm pretty I follow this stuff pretty tightly, and it kind of came this week. I was like, oh crap, <laughs> this you week tear. like. It, you know, it's just everything's so off kilter this year. Right. 
No doubt. No doubt. Okay, well, we got, uh, but, but we're here to talk about football. So, uh, Kentucky and Alabama on Saturday in Tuscaloosa, four o'clock start, SEC Network, Alabama number one in the country. Kentucky's three and four. Let, let's touch briefly on the Vanderbilt game from last week. Obviously, the offense made a big improvement, and obviously, Mark Stoops uh, is not very happy with his defense. Uh, what were your takeaway from the uh, Vanderbilt game? Yeah, I think that defense thing is, is the biggest. Um, you know, and some of that, I mean, the final score should have, it really wasn't that as close as it looked, right. you know, when you, when you, cause they put in some backups and, and, and we're doing things, you know, they were throwing the ball around a little bit, trying to, you know, they were with Bo and, and uh, just trying to get some guys and some, some reps that hadn't got a chance to really do much this year. And, and, but it was not a good showing when, I mean, it was, it's bad that they had to throw DeAndre Square out there late in that game when he didn't play the, you know, the whole way, um, right. basically just to kind of store things up a little bit because it's just, um, you know, it's really discouraging, I would think, for that staff to, to see those guys, you know, get get a chance, you know, to get some, some big reps and really blow it. I mean, Vanderbilt, um, they've been playing well offensively the last few weeks, but they're still not, you know, you, you they, they shouldn't have moved the ball as easily as they did. And maybe that's, you know, some of that's, you know, again, you're kind of seeing that where you miss having those kind of guarantee games um, is moments like that where those young guys didn't get those reps and, and this is their first time, you know, some of them getting those opportunities and, and uh, you know, it, right. it, it, it more and more reveals why those games are probably more important than we give them credit for. Right. Now, yeah, I mean, they were up 38-21. Uh, as you said, they uh, wanted to get a look at Bo Allen and wanted to see him throw the ball uh, because uh, that's his strength. So they did that instead of going, as Mark said, to their four-minute offense where they would just grind it out. And then the defense gave up a couple of touchdowns there at the end. Said the second stringers didn't exactly uh, – uh, quit themselves too well. On the opposite side of the ball, though, the offense played uh, much better. Was that because of Vandy's defense? Was, or was that because of having a couple of weeks off and being able to fine-tune some things or kind of a combination of both, you think? It's probably a combination of both. I, I tend to think that with most things, you know, anything you're talking about when it comes to a football team is generally a combination. Yeah. Um, but especially, you know, I do think having the rest helped. They they were able to you know obviously get Terry back was was huge right. and and I do think you can at least credit the offense with you know just simple execution. I mean it's not like, like none of those throws Terry made were exactly tough throws on Saturday. You had I think thirteen or fifteen. Right. You know he ended up with one of the best completion percentages in a single game in school history and it's just a you know just fifteen attempts. But that's you know you 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 connect on thirteen of them. You're doing something. I mean there's right. been games where he's this season where he's thrown 15 passes and hit four, you know, right. it's like, it's, it's not, you know, <laughs> you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, so you, if you can, you, you take what you, you can get. And it was nice to see him be able to just make those simple throws. And, and really the toughest, I guess, you know, he didn't make probably the hardest throw um, of the game to AJ there, but that was kind of, it was very makeable. Like I think if you had it back, it's, it's not something he couldn't have, you know, completed. It just kind of, Right. It was a little underthrown there, right. um, so I think you you're, you're excited about that um, as far as just seeing him being able to do that. When you and then the run game, I, you that was a, even more you know because you're not expecting Terry to go out there and 
light it up, you know, as a, as a passer. But you, you really need that run from him. And I thought that was something going into the game, you know, concerning that even though you expect some, some weakness in the pass game because of the receivers having issues and, and, and whatever you think about Terry throwing the ball, but, but you, you, you could count on the run. <laughs> and that hadn't been there the last few weeks that they went out. Um, so that was, it was good to see him get back, uh, get his legs under him, and, and make those reads. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought Terry played very well. I thought he was decisive. He was much more decisive in this right. game, which I think was, uh, which has been, you know, when he's had problems in the past, it's when he's been indecisive in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, we thought some of that was because receivers couldn't get open, and maybe they were did a better job of getting open against that Vanderbilt secondary. But um, no, I thought Terry was much better. Obviously, a big game from Chris Rodriguez had the seventy-four yard run, but had a career high. Overall, he's running the ball really well right now. Had to be an emotional game for the offensive line after the passing of John Schlarman. But overall, I thought it was a it was a good performance by the offense. Okay, now let's switch to Alabama. Any Kentucky? Last time I looked, there's something like a thirty point underdog. Uh, any chance Kentucky can go in there and pull off the upset? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, okay, I mean, that's yeah. the end of our podcast. Thank you very much. No, no go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there's always a chance, right? I mean, there's always, you know, maybe most of their offense gets quarantined on Friday <laughs> or something. Yeah. No, I mean, no. it's obviously going to be a tough, you know, tough right. go uh, for Kentucky on Saturday. But, you know, it's not impossible. I won't say that. I mean, there, there's team, there's been Kentucky teams, a couple of, you know, Mark's first teams. It, there's no chance, right. you know, that they would matched up with Alabama and won. I don't know that there's a, you know, it's a very, it's a very, 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 very small chance that they have this week. But they've got a defense that is talented. It's not, you know, it, 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 its last effort was, was not very uh, convincing of that. But I, I do think there's a lot of talent on that defense. And, you know, season-wise, you could argue that they've played better than Alabama on defense, you know, yeah. for the most part. Um, You've got that kind of going for you. Obviously, the you know Alabama's defense isn't as good as what it normally has been the last few years under Saban. But it's you know Alabama's not as good is still better than most teams good. Right. <laughs> but but that's a, a, a you know an area where maybe you can get you know, some get something going. I, I think the key. I mean, you're going to ask me what the keys are later. I, I think the biggest thing is the to have any kind of opportunity to, to win this game is basically just do everything you can to keep Alabama's offense off the field. Right. I mean, you got you should lean. I mean, I feel like, again, I feel like I say this every week, lean into what you were doing last year only, you know, to the nth degree, you know, have a 12-minute drive to open the game or something, you know, something to just anything to, to limit the possessions and, and 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 assert your will on the offensive line. Now that's obviously not as easy against Alabama as it is against some of the other teams in the conference. They're they're, they're going to have a D line that's that's ready for those those guys, and and they're going up against guys that are as good and better in practice every day down there. So you 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 really um, get, yeah you've got got a lot going for you. I mean you're not even going to have your punter. <laughs> your 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 you know all world punter is probably not going to be available you're you're going to you know have um you know still the same receivers that have struggled to, to kind of get separation down there you're going to have you know 
you have the running backs, and that's that's going to be big. I mean, that, it'll be. It sounds like they're going to have their full slate. Uh, Eddie told us yesterday that, that you know Cavalier was was more healthy than than he showed as far as reps on on Saturday. I, I thought that was it's kind of nice to actually to hear him say that he just kind of screwed that up. Right. You know, he he just uh, kind of lost track of the snap count and didn't get Cavalier in enough. So I mean, they're going to have their full stable there and. And, you know, really they're going to need everything they can from those guys and Terry to, to have any kind of chance. I mean, those guys are going to have to play an excellent football game. Defense is going to actually have to show up. And 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 even if you're still talking about a team, I think if they fire off everything perfectly, that's still going to be a, a, a very, very tough task for them to, to overcome. Right. One thing I'll be interested to see with Alabama is they've been off for two weeks. They had the bye week a couple of weeks ago, and then they were supposed to play LSU last week, um, and that game was postponed because of uh, COVID. Uh, so they've had, you know, I think one week off, getting an extra week to prepare is one thing, but uh, have two weeks off, there might be a little rust. I mean, I don't know that that's going to uh be a big factor or that means you know Kentucky's going to win the game I'm not saying that at all but it will be interesting to see how Alabama you know reacts to that and I think uh you know if Kentucky plays and I, I think Kentucky defense will play better especially because of Mark is very you know he made that no bones about that on Monday that he's not yeah. happy with his defense at all he was irritated uh to the nth degree um on Monday talking to us in the media so I think they'll play better but but the problem is Alabama's just they're just so good on offense. They've just got so many weapons. Mac Jones, you wrote about him earlier in the week, Alabama quarterback who originally committed to Kentucky. They got Najee Harris in the in the backfield who's really good. They've got a ton of receivers, and it seems like, you know, they lose a guy, you know, they lose Waddle in the Tennessee game, lose him for the season. Who's really good, and they just plug another guy in there. The Mechie. Uh, kid has played really well for them. Uh, Slade Bolden has come in and played well for them to go along with uh, Devontae Smith, who might be the best receiver in the country, certainly one of the best. So they just got so many weapons on offense. Even if you play really well on defense, they're still going to be hard to stop on offense. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could play. I mean, that's the thing. But, but and what, what, what is probably the, the toughest thing that's plagued Kentucky's defense all season is those, those third and longs and some of those third down situations. They've just – haven't figured that out really consistently enough, especially that you know aren't turnover prone. They they you know, they they've had a lot of trouble. Um, basically, the, the games where they've had a lot of turnovers, were, you know, other than Vanderbilt, you know, they, they've they've struggled and right. and that and even and even against you know like obviously late in the, that game and. And really, and we say late in that game, but after the first quarter, Vanderbilt hung with them the whole time. Yeah, they did. So it's kind of you know that first wave of defenders really struggled to, to stop them, and and so with Alabama, you know, you get them into a third and four or third and seven, and they don't really care because they're yeah. they they know maybe you'll stop them once, but they're going to feel really good about you know throwing a twenty yard pass on on third and two, and and complete. Right. Um, they're not. <laughs> they're a very obviously confident bunch and a team that that has a lot of pedigree behind it and right. and a lot of you know like you said the playmakers they got they got receivers on their bench that would probably be starting right. here oh yeah you know? like it, I mean that's just how it is nothing against Kentucky's guys that's just how right. how they recruit right and it's, it's like basketball you know it's the same thing there there's right. guys sitting on Cal's bench that 
would be starters elsewhere. Right. Um, that's just how it is. And, and, you know, it's frustrating. And I know, you know, as a Kentucky fan, it can be difficult to, to look at that and say, well, why aren't we that good? Well, there's a lot of reasons, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a black and white thing. It's, it's, and, and, you know, but it's been like that for a long time and you just kind of have to accept it and, and, but, but accept it with some respect for yourself as far as going down there and, 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 and doing everything you can to just not get embarrassed. I think that's the biggest thing. Just, just don't go, you know, winning is going to be hard and that's what you want to do, but you really don't want to go down there and get beat 48 to nothing. Right. And in a season like this, because it's everyone's so downtrodden already, and then the stuff with Charmin and Chris Oates, and it's just right. And they get, like on top of the pandemic, they've dealt with a lot of stuff emotionally. Oh, absolutely. And, and they, you know, I, I hope for them that they don't go. I, I, I would at least keep it, you know, respectable. Right. Just because you don't want to come out of that game, you know, with a forty-point beating and and right. with two more games left. You know, again, another one against a, a, a possible national championship contender. You know, and against it's South Carolina, right. that uh, you know has wheels falling off. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, talking about third down, I looked. I looked. I went back and looked it up this morning. You did little uh, calculations uh, on third. I'm not count. Uh, I left out third and goal situations, but on third <laughs> down. Anywhere from third and seven down through third and one, opponents are 35 out of 63 against Kentucky wow. on third down, uh, on third and seven. Of course, you know, after that. But the, the opponents are three and three out of nine on third and ten, which is not good uh, But uh, if you're a defense. But they've really been hurt. Third and one, uh, the – the opponents have converted eight out of 11 chances on third and one. So, I mean, I know that's got a, that's the thing that's got Brad White and Mark Stoops pulling their hair out. And, um, you know, if you can get Alabama into third, third down situation, which is hard enough, it's as explosive as they are, but, uh, uh, you still, you know, you got to be able to get off the field. But I think you're. We'll, we'll, let, we can go on and get into the keys because I think you've already mentioned them. I think you're exactly right. I think a big key is Kentucky's got to move the ball on the offense. They've got to get some first downs to keep that Alabama offense off the field as much as possible. They got to. I don't know about controlling the clock, but they at least got to get some first downs and give their defense a rest. Um, give a chance to rest. So. And I think you're right. Alabama has had some trouble with the run. They've had trouble stopping the run the last two years. That was a big problem for them last year. So that's Kentucky's strength. I think you're right. They've got to focus in on that strength and try to control the ball. Try to have some uh, sustained drives that keep the you know that keeps the Alabama defense on the field and keeps that offense off the field. Uh, what about what about it? and obviously turnovers are key. If you could get some turnovers, that's hard to do. Mac Jones has been really good protecting the football. Uh, but if you could get some turnovers, that would be a key. Um, anything else pop to mind uh, as a key? I do think, um, you know, you kind of you, – you you hear coaches say a lot, you don't want to go into a game, you know, defeated or, or feeling like you're in a hole before it even starts. And, and I'm sure that's kind of the approach that they would say that they're taking. But I think you, you almost want to go into this game, you know – thinking that you're starting with a 14-0 deficit, just trying to, you know, you're not – like, as far as, you know, playing with urgency, like playing with – you know, we heard, we've heard we heard Stoops say that a million times this year, it seems like, and, and Brad White and all those guys. 
you know, urgency is kind of the, the, the buzzword this season. And I do think that's going to be key to having even to keep to even having a shot is to come out and just playing like you belong on the field because you do. You know, it's not like it's Alabama's in a different tier as far as talent and 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 their their where their program is. But you you're you're an SEC football team, and you should go out there and play like one. And I think that's something that they're more than capable of achieving. I mean, there's there's teams that have hung with Alabama this year that that I think Kentucky's better than. And and so I think that's that's something you can kind of lean on maybe and. And look at that. And you've got, you know, a lot of guys I got into this. You mentioned uh, the story I wrote about Mac Jones earlier this week. There was a lot of guys on that defense that should have been his teammates yeah. and and that are starters for this Kentucky team. And, that, you know, if you if you want to talk about revenge, you know, what, what a better, sweeter kind of way to go up there is than go out there and rough him up and, and, and intercept some passes. Yeah. But, well, it'll be it'll be it'll be an interesting game. I mean, anytime Kentucky, anytime you're playing the number one ranked team in the country and you're playing a Nick Saban team, uh, you know, obviously you're going to be a big underdog. But it'll be interesting to see how they compete. I think that you're right. I mean, I think they just want to compete, compete and be in the game, have a chance, um, you know, and not be not at least show that you belong on the field with them and that you you know that you you don't want to show that you don't belong at all. So. But it, like you said, that'll be a tough task, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, full transparency, we will not be in Tuscaloosa. We'll be covering the game off the network feed, but we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the game. So follow Josh on on Twitter at JoshMoreHL. Uh, Josh, I assume you'll have your predictions uh, here later in the week, as always. Oh, absolutely. And I have a – I don't know if it published this morning or if it's coming out Thursday. I know it'll be in tomorrow's print edition. I don't know that it's – if it's online right now or not. So if people hear this, they might be able to find it. Um, the I wrote about recruiting for 2021. Obviously, signing day is about a month away. And I think that's, um, you know, something that people kind of, you know, almost kind of gotten lost in the shuffle with all the recruiting stuff because of COVID. And so kind of looking at that, what, um, you know, in particular, some of the playmakers that, that they've got committed and, and why that – you know, class is probably going to stay intact as it is, you know, just because of all the elements going on in the world right now. So I, I spoke with Vince Merrow about that uh, pretty in-depth last week. So I think that's something people, if you're into recruiting and stuff, that, that's something that people get a kick out of. And I don't know if people know, we kind of overhauled the next cat stuff. I, don't, I think you, I'm sure you've talked with Ben about that. Um, yeah, we're going to have a pot. Yeah, Ben. So we're going to have a podcast next week with Ben where he's going to talk about, yeah, the next cats is kind of moved in house on Kentucky.com. And, uh, he's going to talk about that next week. So yeah, look for that. The, his UK recruiting blog. Uh, so yeah, I need to check that out as well. Mentioning UK and recruiting. And then I did a podcast with Jerry Peck, which is up now yeah. previewing the playoffs and, uh, talked about a lot of Kentucky, you know, play, commitments and, and players that are being recruited, uh, by Kentucky and other schools. A lot of them playing in the playoffs, which start on uh, Friday. Uh, so you might want to check that out with Jared as well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something. I think I enjoyed listening to that, and I think uh, people uh, there's probably I actually that's something that I guess I can go ahead and uh, something that's of interest to people. Kroger Field, I guess, has plans. Uh, they're planning to hold the championships as as you know. Yeah, it could obviously change changes, but right now they're they're planning. I think seven thousand attendance is, is that the what number. It's be? Okay. 
Uh, lower bow only, so yeah. uh, it obviously looks a little different, but uh, they're at least planning on yeah. proceeding forward with football. Yeah, hopefully we make it that far. Hopefully we get that far. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but anyway, but but so be sure and check all Josh's coverage out leading up to the game on Saturday and our coverage during the game on Saturday at Kentucky.com uh, and, of course, after the game and, and follow it all on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Lexington Arrow Leader. Josh, as always, thanks for being on the podcast. Awesome. It's always fun, John. I appreciate you having me, man. Okay, that'll do it for the podcast. Thanks to my guests, Michael Casagrande of AL.com and Josh Moore of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Uh, be sure and check out their work. Thanks for listening to these podcasts, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Give us a rating and review. That really helps out. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can Connect with me on my email, jclay at herald-leader.com. Once again, be sure to check out all of our coverage from the Kentucky-Alabama game on Saturday. It's a 4 o'clock start on the SEC Network. Uh, follow along for the game for our live updates and all our coverage before and after the game. Thanks again for listening. We'll be talking to you again soon.